Welcome to the RC Report. I am your host, RC Carlton, and I am joined by my brother. How are you, brother? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's been a while. Uh, first, we, the page has been consumed with this Cam Newton nonsense because people, someone posted a meme of a black person and a white person, so automatically that makes people respond. Or a soldier and someone of lesser value. Those two, or valor, those two things seem to um, get people's attention. Uh, and I'm bitter, despite my uh, very well thought out morning drive. You know, like a hundred people listen to it, but I still irritated. I didn't get enough interaction. But anyway, what is your take on the fake Cam Newton controversy? This one's here's my take. The overall thought process, I think, is very valid. This story is very bogus. What, like I don't, uh, I'm with you on how the fact that this one lady writing a letter that's not even that contrived and thought provoking at all has somehow made its way to national news is just beyond my comprehension and, and it's stupid. But the overall, and I tell people all the time, racism at this point is more ignorance and subtle than anything. So it's not going to be that direct. It's not that. What I saw is, even when Cam was doing the Superman dance, people are like, why is he doing that? Why is he bringing attention to himself? Me, me, me. Is what they were saying about him, whereas Rogers doesn't discount double check. It's passion. And and there's other overtones with, with Cam and even with Kaepernick. And, and some of it is the way they handle themselves from a mannerism standpoint, and some of it's just, I think, kind of old-fashioned, and, and they expect the quarterbacks to act a certain way and, and be a certain way. And, and I always hear people say, the quarterback's the CEO of, of, of the franchise. He, he's got to act the part. He's got to look the part. Well, guess what? It's 2015. You know what CEOs look like and act like now? They act more like Cam than they do like Aaron Rodgers at this point in 2015. So, I just think that there there are some overtones, undertones, but this isn't the situation. This is stupid and out of proportion. And I do think some of the stereotypes that we'll hear about quarterbacks and how we assume that they're – like if you watch a Teddy Bridgewater game, I'm sure someone at some point, if they slip up, will talk about his running ability. When he's a pocket quarterback and he isn't any better of a runner than Blake Bortles, but they're – would be the assumption that Blake Bortles would be the uh, the inferior athlete when really Blake Bortles is a better athlete. Or you'll see, like, we won't call Kirk Cousins the one-read quarterback when that's generally what he actually has been. Like, there, there's subtle stuff like that where you'll, you'll compare the white – you won't give the black guy the same benefit of the doubt because he's stereotypically running outside of the pocket, whereas someone like Cousins, when he's pressured – he just throws interceptions or, or, or throws off his back foot. Neither are reading a defense correctly. So I, I think that there is that kind of subtlety. But this controversy really got me fired up because it's one woman. There was no public outrage, and let, and people can't be honest about it. Cam was over the top. He danced for 30 seconds, and then the guy came over and pushed him, and he danced again. <laughs> That's not normal celebration. No, absolutely. No, absolutely. I mean, 
and I think he'd be the first to admit he was he was throwing the little extra. Right? I mean, I don't think he's hiding that, and I think that's what he meant by stop. We can do yeah, I, mean, I don't think I've do seen it. many celebrations where the guy stopped and did another dance and then another dance, and then finally the guy came from the five-yard line. That's how you knew it took him so long to dance because the defender came over from the five-yard line. It was, but I don't have a problem very, with camp. Yeah, it was very uh, prime Jacoby Jones-esque. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Like, I don't have a problem with Cam dancing, and the rest don't have a problem with Cam dancing. Cam gets away with that. He does a dance after every first down. He does the Superman thing when he scores a touchdown or more. And, I mean, that would have been a penalty. That wasn't even penalized. Some of the stuff could be penalized, but they don't because he gets the leeway on that. Like I was saying, like when Brady argues the officials, nobody can get as much leeway as Brady. But – I mean, he does get leeway to do, express himself, and the league doesn't really criticize him. And I think this time maybe he was over the top, but yeah, that didn't bother me. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping no one tries to take him out because I think that's what that leads to. When he's that flashy, guys look to take him out, which is not easy, but that would be what I'm I would say, be worried about. I was about to say good luck with that. Yeah, I mean, a cheap shot or something like that. But, I mean, you do. But not that he slides very often, but like what happened to Bridgewater or – Something, but yeah, he. I don't know. People just go for the low hanging fruit, and it's three days of coverage for ESPN, and they can do it on all their shows. They can talk about it, and then you got the old school, traditional guys who are not gonna like it anyway. So yeah, I mean, it's a question, and Dilfred went at him a little bit, and you have to wonder. Sometimes it's unconscious racism; you don't notice it, or maybe Cam's more flashy, so you notice it more than Aaron Rodgers or whatever. But I, I, don't, I don't know how that. I don't know. It's an interesting subject, but let's go to the let's let's switch back and forth a little bit. Basketball, the Warriors. Serious question: eighty-two and zero or no? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. If they're healthy. It, that that Jordan thing. If they're healthy. If they're healthy, man. If they're healthy. I mean, they still haven't played anybody good on the road. Um, I mean, who really thought they were gonna lose more than two or three home games all year? So. They they still have some work to do. They're not exactly doing the four games of five nights on the roads where your morale is tested and you're going to be actually playing someone that's that's above average or good and and you play two two out of three nights and your legs are tired and Steph has an off game and you lose to the Hawks or something, you know? So they're still that, but, um, yeah, they're really the regular season especially. And I, I wonder, yeah, I mean, and the more you look at them, and it's hard to say in this day and age because people exaggerate so much. It's hard to do it. But this team has the potential to be one of the greatest teams of all time. And that season last year was one of the greatest seasons of all time. And I, don't, I think people have a hard time embracing it. And they got lucky in the playoffs. But they played these people in the regular season. They did kind of get lucky. I don't. I'm not necessarily a fan other than the basketball aspect of it. But to have a team that's basically the best offensive team in the league and the best defensive team in the league, and Steph Curry do what he's doing, it's just amazing. I don't think people really realize what they're seeing. I, I think people just want to make excuses for why they're so good, and and that's the craziest part is they won't give them credit, which I think just makes them better. Because everyone refuses to say, even me and you were guilty of it last year before the finals. We're like, yeah, they're historically good, but, and we both follow and are very 
big fans of, of Curry and everything, but and even Steve Curry, it's like just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop, and it's like maybe they're just really good. <laughs> and I think yeah, yeah, I know that's, that's hard to believe that a team, a basketball team, could be that good in this day and era. And they don't have LeBron as we saw with the Heat did. They don't have that traditional superstar. And as good as everybody thinks Curry is, and we see Curry, he's not what we've seen. We've seen. Six nine Magic Johnson. We've seen six nine uh, uh, Larry Bird. We've seen six six Jordan. Six eight six eight uh, Kobe. We've seen those kind of players dominate. But to to have a little player dominate the game, like it's even hard to say it with what he's done. But it is dominating. Maybe Isaiah Thomas, and I'm not going to give Allen Iverson because he didn't win nothing. So I'm not telling him. But to see a little guy dominate like that, I think people just aren't used to it. And the style too is not what we're used to seeing out of a championship team. I think that's the most of it. I think it's just we haven't seen it before. It's like how can we trust a man taking those shots that are always fall? It's like really, really hard to trust that he's going to keep hitting those, but he does. So, I mean, it, it, there's there's definitely holes, I, I believe, in their game. I think it, when they play teams, they just get throttled at the line against some teams. The Raptors even showed it yesterday, like, you can just you you can get advantage of them on the line and and make it that type of game, but they're really 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 good, and there's no other excuse. They're just really good, and their their flaws are all covered up by something. I think yeah. Curry is the best offensive player that we've seen in two decades. His weaknesses: one, he's improved. He used to be extremely loose with the ball. He's gotten much better. He keeps getting better even at shooting, if that's even possible, which he has somehow, and he's improving on his weaknesses. He became a better defender. He became a, a great finisher when he used to be below average. He's become an above-average defender. So he's improving, and then the flaws that you're masking, where it would be you can't, if you want to trap Curry, they have someone that's a distributor at the four. They have defensive presence to they can play play the weak link. He doesn't have to tie himself off one defense. So I mean, they, they're just so well put together, and it didn't seem as though they were. And the, the sum is definitely greater than the individual parts, but the individual parts are really good, too. Yeah. Do you buy the – and there is the other end of the spectrum where people are really happy for LeBron not to be on top and to be able to say that someone else is the best player in the league. Do you buy that LeBron's the best – I mean, that Curry has passed LeBron now as far as the best player in the league, towards goes? No. Um, I mean, he didn't even win the MVP of finals last year. I mean, he's, he's really good right now. Is he playing better basketball than LeBron right now? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, honestly, if I'm if if all things are equal and I have to take someone throughout from right down to the very end of the finals, I'm not sure if Steph Curry is the first or second person I pick. Um, he's really, really good on offense. I just said for a decade, he's probably the he's probably the best player I've seen on offense over two decades. But um, like I said, they're massive things. He's not a complete player, and I'd rather have a complete player unless I can take that exact team and everything for that he needs for a team is constructed around him. And I'm not. I don't think every other person has that luxury. Yeah. Uh, who would be the other person that you might take in front of him for, like, the rest I mean, of the whole season, including playoffs? 
If I mean, if he's healthy, give me Durant. Uh, assuming health, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Assuming health, I mean, I don't. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Honestly, I mean, it's it's not connected with having a, a Westbrook, to be honest. So. I know you are not a fan of Kevin McHale, <laughs> to say the least, and there are flaws to his game. But some of that, I think, is dictated by their style of shooting the threes and following analytics and things like that. But he just got to the conference finals, and it's 11 games into the season. How can you not look at this as him getting a raw deal? Well, he definitely got a raw deal. If he was black, maybe a shark then would be on somebody's steps. Yeah, that's why I put that oh. post on the page. But. <laughs> Uh, he racism. definitely got a raw deal. Do not get me wrong. He, he got a raw – the reason he got a raw deal is because you can't do the sequence. He should have been fired after a Portland series two years ago. Yeah, like that yeah was probably. He should have been fired. He, he should have been canned. So if you're not going to do that, certainly can't fire him after 11 games, four of which the best player on the team this year, who is Dwight Howard, hasn't played and the superstar is shooting 37% while shooting 20 times a game. So what do you want him to do? If, if your MVP candidate shooting 37% 20 times a game, you ain't going to win that many games. Yeah. Who's coming in to coach these from? knuckleheads? they got a whole bunch of knuckleheads. Dwight Howard's a knucklehead in a way, and is halfway healthy. Harden's a knucklehead in his own way. Then you bring in Ty Lawson. Like, what, what? Somebody's just going to come in and reach these people? Well, it won't him, man. It is what it is. At the end of the day, he wants the man for the job. How that? I mean, it, it is my only deal. Does he really need to wait till they lose in the second round to get fired? Like, come on, man. I mean, he's it was very fortunate the that they made it like, to the like, to the finals it's last like, year. It's like when a cop pulls someone over for the wrong reason. They weren't speeding, but you have drugs in the car. Like, yes, it wasn't right. But at the end of the day, you're doing something wrong, man. You should go. You deserve to go to jail. <laughs> Like, I mean, is this good. a realistic – is this a team that's good enough to win the championship or get out of the West? Realistically? They have a, it, I mean, they have not much – they have enough power to. If, if they, the white player like the white player, I mean, they have – what roster is like, more talent to pick up? I mean, everything everything broke right for them. I mean, we look at them as talent, but look how, how they interact with each other. I, mean, I think Golden State has a better roster. The Clippers have a better roster. San Antonio has a better roster. See, I don't. I, I, I from a talent perspective, I'm not. I'm not sure that those those teams do. I mean, how do we even rate Dwight like, Howard anymore? Like, I don't even know how you when he does play and he's hurt for playoff games. He hurts for regular season games, and you know, there's a lot much, with that. What, what you do with him? He plays much as Duncan and the Spurs do. I mean, isn't isn't when you have talent and it's not being fostered and played in a direction, isn't that a direct reflection on management and coaching? You can't. These people have been apathetic their whole careers. You know, nobody's going to change that. I mean, Hardy got hard to play a little defense. Dwight's always been kind of like, you know, not always, but since he got hurt, he's like, eh. And then Harden is, eh, since he became a you know, superstar. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I agree with you. Uh, uh, Ty Lawson and Harden backcourt's never going to win a championship, but and that was what the general manager decided to bring Tyler Austin in. I mean, but what do you have to go for broke? What do you want to do? You have your two stars. You're stuck on those two stars. Parsons bounced the wrong way because you messed that up, and then, like, you have to go for broke. You really don't have a shot. But what's he going to do? What's he going to add to the team? Like, all he's going to do is take the ball out of hard hands, which is not the best yeah. thing. Well, I think it is. 
if they had a coach that actually do it, I, I think that's what you want. I think the issue was the ball was in Harden's hands too much last year. And they, he was great, but, like, you have to break up that monotony. You have to be able to push the ball in transition more. You have to have an actual flowing offense. You can't just be all ISO. And Lawson is a very good distributor, and he does pick and roll too, but he can play off the ball. Like, that could be a very, very – they both can play off the ball. That's not a, a Westbrook and Harden situation. Like, they, yeah. they could mesh with each other on offense. And just pick and roll after pick and roll. Like, I could definitely see that. Do you ever see Mikhail drop a play? Like, what did he do? What's his special? <laughs> I've seen him hold a clipboard before. I don't think there was a good out-of-bound play or anything going on. Big Mick can't coach, man. This dude ain't getting Dwight Howard no post moves, and he don't have no plays. Like, big man can't coach. I ain't never seen a big man that can coach, even though Russell couldn't coach. I mean, after I guess that counts still. He's like 6,000. He's more like a ball After Bill stopped coaching himself, he was like 400. Like, no big man can coach. <laughs> it does seem that way. It does seem that way. Uh, let's go. Let's jump back to football. We jump around a little bit. Um, best team in the NFC is Arizona Cardinals. I mean, they're, they're, and they are better than Carolina. Why? Uh, they have a much better offense, um, and they also, I believe are just more fluid. Um, they they have had a, a couple duds, so to speak, but I just think they're a more fluid team. They can beat you in more different ways. They aren't so dependent on one aspect of the team. Uh, Carolina's defense is starting to show a few cracks um, as teams are, are starting to uh, get more, more film on them. Um, they're starting to show a few, a few cracks, especially, especially in some of the secondary and, and on the um, – weak side of the line. So um, I just think Arizona is a more complete team. They create, they force, they force turnovers. They can run the football. They can throw the football. I would trust Carson Palmer in the playoff game more than I would trust Cam. I mean, I just, I, I just think they're a more complete team, and that's why they're better. Don't let the record support you. And that's the thing, too. In the NFL, people, well, college, too, but people compare the records, and if the records are comparable, you got to look at who the best team is because at the end of the day, they got to play each other. And sometimes teams get, like a lot of times these teams that jump out to the undefeated aren't the best teams. You look at Kansas City in 2013 that came back to the pack the first year Andy Reid was there. You look at last year, Arizona, who came back to the pack, even though that was due to injury. But a lot of times these teams jump out to these, they, they turn these seasons around and they get going, but then they kind of slow down. And Carolina has a feel of that to me, but I like Cam. I hope they make a little playoff run. Heck, I even hope they go to Super Bowl and Cam Newton becomes a megastar. But I have a hard time seeing that happen, especially when it looks like on paper Arizona's better. And Bruce Arians, like he's such an underrated coach. I don't think people realize mm-hmm. how good yep. Bruce Arians is as being overall team leader and at scheming these guys open. He is responsible for John Brown being in the NFL. Not that he's not fast, but the way he gets him open. I mean, just Arians is a genius at offense, and I'm sure the Colts realize this at that point. <laughs> and you couldn't you couldn't kick a guy out of the door that had cancer and he came back. But man, um, you could have encouraged him to get more treatment. Um, Something. <laughs> you could have encouraged that man to get some more treatment. <laughs> you could have. Um, 
What's wrong? What's wrong with the Packers? What's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? If anything, I know we might clash this one. What uh, you no, can ask me if you want, want, or just what you think of the Packers, or what you think of my anti-Aaron Rodgers tirade. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I I know where it stems from. We're not going to get into where it stems from, but there's a direct correlation to Rodgers and, and a, a little feud you were having. I'll just say that. Um, no, that is, that's not it. It's not about Wallace. Get out of here, man. I don't even call that a feud. I call that waking up in the morning and you step on an ant when you see it or something like that. You know, I don't. You know, people say rivalry. A rivalry is not me kicking your ass every day. That's, we have a rivalry. This dude is an irritant. But continue. <laughs> All right. So, um, so here's the deal. So, yes, if you, I don't, I didn't see a ton of this, but yes, if people were calling him the goat, that is absurd. And you have every right to, to go after someone for being called a goat when they're just not. The things you're using are pretty obscure to just try to bring someone down. Yes, it is alarming. Can you be great without coming back from two scores? If you're so great, you probably shouldn't be down two scores for so much anyway. All right. So, yes, there is certainly validity to that, and there and there's a stat like that that you can use for every game. And the dude, I mean, you look at some of it, it's like, hey, it's kickers missing kicks. Hey, a defense throwing away here. Yeah, It's like it two times out of 26. I, I, I got the results on that. It's like two times out of 26 somebody else blew it. Everybody, my problem is points. everybody makes excuses for him. Even you, you said, I didn't quite see it. But you assume the guy dropped it instead of his own Aaron's fault. We it made this like thing into a god that's infallible. No, not at all. Like he's not, he's not a. It's not as though he's above criticism. It's just that he gets the best title because he's performed the best most consistently. This is the first in the regular really, season, correct? In the regular season. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because when's the last time he was best in the playoffs? Third of all time in playoff rating. Pass that one little streak. But when's the last? That one little run he had. No, 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 no. One little run. But when's the last time he was the best? Player in the playoffs. He's had two bad playoff games his entire career. The last two he played. Last, well, I'm not going to say that. Well, they weren't dominant. They weren't his normal performance. It, it seems to me you're going to be off like you were on this train with Peyton. I'm on this train now. This dude is not getting it. He's got his one. I think that's all he's ever going to get. And he does not raise his game another level in the playoffs. They're going well, it's on impossible to raise your game another level in the playoffs. Well, keep it on the same 30, level 80. then. Keep it on the godlike level that it's no always been does. at, right? Closest no one does closer. that. No Joe. one plays like that Joe. in the playoffs. It's impossible to play like that in the playoffs. You play better teams, so obviously you're not going to keep the standard. He's still, like I said, as the third best passer rating of all time. It drops some. It doesn't drop to him being Jay Cutler like Peyton Manning. You know what he doesn't yeah, have? I think what Peyton, it, the wins. His wins, <laughs> he's not winning in the playoffs. I'm going to skip Bayless. And, did he not win the game? Yeah, I win it. He had the one little run. He got lucky. <laughs> what do you mean? I just not like he's one and out. Did he lose in the first round? Did he lose in the first round like Peyton? Did he not get to the conference finals last year? Championship thing? I, got a, I mean, yeah, but before that, he kept losing to the 49ers with an inferior quarterback. What? But last year, he let him come back. He beat Dallas on something that was a controversial call. He, and then everybody's whining. And he didn't have a great game against Seattle. He very rarely has great games against good defenses. 
Okay. He, okay. He, him, he couldn't get him in the end zone. That's why Seattle came back. You want to blame it on defense, blame it on the kicker? Why do you only got 16 points? You keep getting in the red zone. Because he's playing one of the greatest defenses of all time. Finish that. They didn't look so great against Tom Brady. Didn't see Nando's problem. Did Tom Brady have a problem with that defense? They look pretty good against Brady as well. And 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 the whole he looked pretty good too. Aaron Rodgers isn't the coordinator. Aaron Rodgers isn't the coordinator. They weren't ultra conservative. Come on, man. They weren't ultra conservative. A dude fumbled an onside kick. There's a lot of miracles that happen. Because he was hurt. Aaron was hurt. Had a bad hamstring. Couldn't play. My boy Peyton out standing out there with a torn plantar fascia. I'm even okay with stop saying he's a consensus fan. I'm even okay with that. But you just take That's it. all I'm really asking for. Just stop saying it's automatic. He's not better than Tom Brady right now. No, I mean, I don't think anyone can argue that at this point. He's pl- not playing better than Carson Palmer or Big Ben right now. But who's, how many people are going to say that? If I put that on the page, they would get mad. Call yeah, me a hater, which I am. There's, but I'm not. There's, there's also, well, I'll bet you one thing. We're going to see what Brady's stats look like the next three weeks without Edelman. Let's let's go take a look at that. <laughs> yeah, it might be a little different. Because just completely ignore the fact that a top ten receiver is out and no one gets separation. He has no running game. See, there's a difference between excuses and, and sacks. What people do for luck is excuses. What the people are doing for Rodgers are valid concerns to why one stats will be down. There's no separation. Well, to give a valid, to give a valid criticism now, I'm taking off the hater hat and saying it, it's almost like a quarterback, when he gets hit, you start seeing ghosts, you start anticipating pressure. He's anticipating they're not going to be open, and there have been some opportunities where they are open where he's pulling away too soon to make time because he's compensating. He's actually trying to do too much because he knows they're not getting open. And I don't know what the hell is wrong with Randall Cobb. He still should be able to get open and slot. He's not getting open. And they've done a comparison. I believe last game, 21 targets for Adams and only like 11 or something for – and he threw 60 times and only like 11 for Cobb. And his connection with Cobb is way off as far as the percentage of completions and how much he's thrown to. Something's not right with that. But that's really what's yeah. happening. He's trying to compensate and, and, for it, and they aren't getting open either. Um, you have to think – is that a byproduct of scheme? Is that a play calling? Shouldn't we be able to scheme some people open as well? And what's going on there what is the play caller? I don't know what the hell they're doing. Everything's an isolation route like you got Dez on there. They play it like <laughs> the Cowboys do, and it's, it's not even the best thing for the Cowboys all the time because it's predictable. But they don't they do not do rug routes. They don't do pick, not as often as they could. They don't do pick routes. They never stack their receivers. It's all isolation routes, and you got damn James Jones. And Devontae uh, Adams, who's a, a novice, and Janice, who never gets in, you don't have anybody that can win outside one on one. Exactly. So I don't. I don't. I mean, there's a lot of things going on. And then, and then, let's just call a state a state. Rogers is missing some throws. What'd you say? So I said Rogers is missing some throws. So, yeah, yeah, that is happening too. He's pressing, and so, he's missing I mean, some throws. And Eddie Lacy's trying to eat himself out to the league. That's not helping. No, they're, that, they're, I mean, they're just – I don't know how they – to be fair, though, with that squad, I'm not sure how they're 7-3. and three. <laughs> So, I'm not going to be too hard on Rodgers because I'm really not They had sure. these weaknesses early on. I kept saying that with the power man. It's like they don't look right. Like, that game with the Bears, even though it might be that the Bears are better than we think. 
But the first yeah, game of the season, I'm like, what's happening? And then you look at it. Besides Kansas City, like, they weren't dominating bad teams. And, then, you know, they beat Seattle who was without whatever. But Yeah, they're making money on the Bears. They're not bad at all. Like, they're not a yeah. bad football team. They might still no, they're not. John Foster, coach. I don't know what Cody's talking about. I'm not saying he's the best player or best coach ever. But everywhere he goes, they start winning. That's not an accident. Yeah. I mean, he won he with Tebow. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? He's a Marty Schottenheimer to me. What's yeah, it's like you're going to get a certain amount. Ed Allen, like you're going to get. Yeah, yeah, you're going to get after. They're going to play hard. Yeah, you're going to get to 75%. Now, he's not going to take you to 100, but he's going to get your, your, your power meter to 75% regardless of talent. Now, when he has talent, it might still be at 75%, but he's going to get you there. You know, it is just like Marty Schottenheimer, really. But that's better wow. than most people can do in a league and run a, a program. Oh, what's, what's, uh, so Seattle, let's talk, let's talk about Seattle for a second. Look, what <laughs> the defense is not. My theory is that there's a, there's a reason only like one team has gone to three Super Bowls in a row, and when you play those long seasons, you just get worn down. And also with them, they became superstars. Got the disease of me. Sherman and Sierra and Russell and Jimmy Graham. There's just too many moving pieces going on down there or up there. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. It's 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 football. Like, there's no dynasty for a reason. Like, they it, they they were already showing it. We just want to hear about it. They were just good enough to overcompensate. And they, and I don't I ain't no Cowboys fans, but they got lucky, all right? They got lucky the one they went to. Obviously, Bowman intercepted that pass and got that fumble and they wouldn't overturn it. So they got lucky. So I'm not I'm not even – there's still – people are talking about their defense, right? And that, that's what I hear. The defense is down. The yards allowed. They're still, I think, top five in, in, in points allowed per game. Because they don't give up stuff to the fourth quarter. They don't start giving up Another issue is if the daggone quarterback's turning the ball over every play and they can't run. Or how about the worst line? They, they, they traded it for Jimmy Well, they got Jimmy Graham. They traded the best lineman. They have no lineman. They're converting people from defense. And you, you don't even use him. You traded him for a lineman in the second-round pick, and you're not using him correctly. I mean, you can't pay everybody, man. It is what it is. They tried to get the man some weapons because they claimed he didn't have no weapons, but you can't pay everybody. But, but why aren't they using him correctly? They, 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 most of the time, they're not putting him out. They're not using him on the same percentage of putting him out. He's not a – don't make him block. Why? Do you got him to block? Put him in because the block. Put the him ball. out there on the island. What? There's a reason to say someone you can't run the ball when he's in the game. He's still a tight end. Go three wide and you'll be fine. It's not I like know, that line blocking anyway. Lynch has to drag know, people. Can't, you can't be so predictable that every time he's in the game, you pass the ball. <laughs> well, he just should be in the game anyway, and you run. You do what you got to do. You use him as a slot receiver. You don't even count him as a tight end. You play, make him play the big game. slot. You put him on the outside, and it was fine. You were throwing the ball in the red zone. Like, they were game, that last game. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've seen him go into the red zone and not throw it up to him one time. Are you serious? Yeah. The stupid. They, 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 well, no one's ever accused him of being creative with play calls. And no, when he does get open, man in the backfield. When they, when they, when they, he does get open, the little man in the backfield doesn't throw on schedule ever. So that doesn't help. <laughs> no, he's he's not, I don't think they're used to that. 
He's trying to he's trying to adjust, but that's not even who he is. He's got straight lines, Pete. It's not like exactly. change your direction, come back this way, come back. You just negated Jimmy Graham because if you throw the ball up and he gets it. He's a vertical and horizontal player. He is not a lateral side to side player. So that that's not a good fit. Um, it's just and he's got to be getting frustrated. But yeah, I don't. You think they make the playoffs? Yeah, I still got them in the playoffs. I got them sneaking in at sixth. And- Everyone calling them a sleeper and saying they're going to do something, and then they lose. Should I? I mean, they were they were never that great on the road. So for them having to go through the road, go to the road and beat people, I just don't see that. But I can see them making a playoff. They're still a good team. They're not getting re- a lot of times. We see these so-called dynasties in. They get ravaged by better teams that are hungry. They stay in the game with every one of these teams and lose at the end. So there's still a lot there, and they're not going to lose to these bad teams. Like they play, they're playing the yeah. 49ers. They're not losing that game. <laughs> they're not no, they're losing not. that I mean, game. They, they, they've got the Niners at home. They're not, they're not losing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Blaine, Blaine going to Seattle, um, I don't know what that spread is, but they probably can't make it high enough. Yeah, so, and that's how they get right. They got right against the Cowboys. They got right against the Bears, even though I think they were lucky the Cutler wasn't. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that, but Cutler's not bad this year. But I feel like they're getting um, – they, they get right against the bad teams, which is fine considering what they've been, and maybe they try to turn it up in the playoffs, but I don't see that. Uh, I know you haven't seen the latest episode, but Fargo, what made you start watching Fargo, and what do you think of it so far this season? Um, it, it was, it's, it's, it got really good. It was a little slow for me um, initially. I, uh, I'm not a big fan of slow shows that don't have – immediate some sort of um sticking in of the plot and but it, it obviously it made sense they're they're very layered with the characters and they had to get you a little bit invested. I thought they could have done a better job but it's it's great now. I mean it's yeah and not seeing season it's, one, even though it was an anthology, I think that gets you used to the pace of it. And season mm-hmm. one they did a lot more of like creating the world, and I'm not that big into the Coen brothers, but this show made me, because it's based on the movie, this show made me kind of study them, like no culture for old men, but a lot of their movies don't appeal to me. But the show kind of made me study what they're trying to do, and there are a lot of layers to the show. And, of course, then you got, for this season, you got the black guy, Mike Milligan. That character is just amazing. And I haven't heard of him, but he reminds me of David Chappelle. I mean, he is just... He is almost as good. Billy Bob Thornton was the bad guy last year. He is almost as good as, as Billy Bob was, and it's just—I never heard. Hey, does, does he remind you of Dave Chappelle? I mean, his facial expression and then the yeah. way he says stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he—that always yeah, throws yeah, me. Yeah, That's yeah. the only thing that takes me out of it. Sometimes he'll make an expression that's like Dave Chappelle about to kill someone. The the one thing I will say about the Far the Fargo that is very um is, is rare for me. Um, with the show with that many characters is I'm pretty invested in all of them. I mean, I don't think there's a character that I'm like, get fast forward the scene, I'm, I'm good on this. Yeah, I, pretty, so, so you, I had a hard time until this episode, you'll see this episode, but I had a hard time connecting with Landry, which is all I can call him, but in the show he's Ed, you know, Landry from uh, Friday Night Lights yeah, 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 yeah. and Crazy Todd uh, and, and, uh, and Mary Jane. Uh, what's her name, Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> like, I, I had a hard time with them at first. Like, I wasn't emotionally invested, but this episode, which you haven't seen, I won't spoil. This episode got me more emotionally even invested with them because they're so stupid. Like, <laughs> but they're entertaining. Yeah, well, but, you know, I wasn't as emotionally invested in uh, in them. 
Well, I think what got me invested is, and it doesn't normally happen this way, and obviously this show's a little weird and a little bit extravagant, but most shows don't intertwine everyone so closely to the plot. Like sometimes, yeah, nobody's far away. Out, Everybody's pretty exactly. Everyone nestled center in the plot, so that helps a lot. I think that they're so closely involved with the plot. Um, yeah, I mean, some of it's weird for sure, but I mean, I was okay with the dynamic just because it's it's a uh, it's a little bit of a um, a little bit of reprieve from the straight gangster mentality. It actually shows you a little bit of some sort of yeah. different dynamic. That's what kind of works about it's Fargo so, is. Because of the people in a lot of other podcasts, this is supposed to be like how they are in the Midwest. They're not as direct. They put their heads down and they keep going. And that kind of thing, at the same time, underneath the surface, there's all this violence and crazy stuff about to happen, but everybody's staying calm, you know? I think that's what works for me about the show. No, I I agree. I I definitely agree. And like you said, there are some characters that were just really, really good and then there are characters that it's just different. I appreciated their characters because they were, quote-unquote, really the only, quote-unquote, good people on the show, but they were doing some of the most evil stuff. You could see the dynamic work, and there's still a dichotomy there. Like, it was, it was, it was interesting. And I won't say they were my favorite characters, but it was, it was very interesting to me uh, just kind of see how they work, how they would continue in the storyline and even – and he's kind of feeling for Landry a little bit just because he was kind of put in a no-win situation, his wife's crazy and all that stuff. He's just trying to be a provider. So more stereotypical storyline within a very crazy, <laughs> fanatic scene. So that was just interesting to me. Yeah, you'll see Peggy comes to her own this week. When you watch it, she'll, you'll see she starts finally kind of actually being – well, last week she wasn't bad, the one you laughed, the one no, you laughed, no, where she, she sold yeah, the car, she, she finally came around yeah. and acted like she had some sense. Yeah, yeah, no, she was starting to she was starting to do better last week. Like I, I, I thought that. she was gonna I'm like, this chick is terrible. I just thought she was a crazy white chick and, and that seems to be the case. Like she just goes Yeah, they are trying to give her a little bit of <laughs> trying to give her a little bit of depth. And uh so I wanna get like uh I wanna see how much you see, 'cause you're you kinda just watch it and you don't go read reviews and go through Reddit like I do after. Have you caught any of the UFO stuff in the show? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, like okay. I, I definitely. I think that. I mean, the the, the initial when he, um, when he first. That's what got him hit by the car initially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He saw that. Yeah, he saw that. Yeah, that was more obvious. Yeah. And then, and then the Indian guy came back and he kind of noticed it, and that's how he saw the glass because he saw the reflection. So I'm, I'm seeing Evidently, the it's little, like on Reddit, like, the people looked at the time, and somehow they saw that two hours lapsed. I don't know how they saw that, but the Indian gets abducted. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> Um, but, yeah, but I don't I, think it's I, I, real, I, though. And, and it was kind of like uh, True Detective was like this, too. It, this is more like atmospherics and symbolism than them literally getting uh, abducted by aliens. And back then, you know, I was only two. But even when I was in the 80s when I was growing up, like UFOs were like a thing. And it was like a debate, whereas now we think somebody's crazy. Like back then, you kind of thought they were crazy if they believed in UFOs. But you kind of were like, eh, you know. It might be all right, you know. Like somebody that would be on before before Oprah, there was a guy named Phil Donahue. So I would be on Phil Donahue and say I got abducted by alien. Like it, it's like the equivalent of being on Wendy Williams and saying you got abducted by alien. So it was kind of mainstream, but it was out there too, you know. So I guess they're trying to encapture, encapsulate the time period, and also it's like this foreign force is on the horizon that could take everybody out, and that's kind of how the characters are. 
where you have the Gerhards, like there's people coming from Kansas City, and there's these people coming from Landry and Mary Jane, <laughs> you know, from outside of their circle, kind of. I think no, that's I, what it's I'm supposed with, to mean. I'm with you on that. Um, I'm going to be really disappointed if aliens come down and take some people. No, they, they, no uh, I'm not I watching agree. anymore. If any aliens come, and <laughs> oh, there's, some, there's some crazy people. So uh, Billy Bob's character last year was named Malvo, and he – he had like a he talked about like being how people were really animals and there was an animal instinct and he talked about being the devil so symbolically like he was the devil of the show so some people think like he's a fallen angel or something or alien he's gonna come down this season <laughs> he's gonna be the uh, I can't even say that one because next week but he's gonna be like a grand assassin that comes and wipes people out and. <laughs> Like, if, that, if they go like that, I'm not watching anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can't spring it on me. You start as sci-fi, and you end as sci-fi. You don't start exactly. as normal and then all of a sudden jump up and become yeah, exactly. a sci-fi. I'm not thing. digging the sci-fi, but I've even, I mean, I've appreciated a couple of sci-fi shows, but yeah, no. Uh-uh. You can be <laughs> like, like six, you could be a ghost or something. But you can't go ill. Like Sixth Sense, because you go to the end. Sorry if I spoiled that. Anybody listening, but it's 20 years old. Um, <laughs> like, you can do that. But you cannot <laughs> just do aliens and Star Wars in the middle of a regular show. <laughs> you just can't. I agree with you there. I think we hit all the major things that are going on, I think. Anything else? No, I mean, I think, I think that's pretty, pretty spot on to where we are with everything. Where do you stand? We got two minutes. Where do you stand on the Free Wallace movement? Um, I mean, I, I was all right with Wallace, man. He 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 added what he added. Um, I guess I you were all right with him. But I definitely can I definitely can do without him. I mean, he's not a he's not a staple. He's one of those. He's a clog. What we call a clog. He's a placeholder. He's like um yeah. he's like uh he's like T J McConnell on the seventy sixers man. It's like all right. Yeah, he's just there so you can get a better draft. He, he's he's like, entertaining, on, I mean but he's entertaining. Yeah, T J McConnell gets me hype. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to be T J McConnell gets me hype on the seventy sixers, but I don't need to be trying to build a franchise <laughs> or watching him play that often. For FanDuel or something. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. If he takes a debate, I'll let him back. But he's getting on my nerves. Don't be calling me out. I blocked him because I was always getting frustrated. And, and, and I'm not going to say acting outside myself because that's part of me. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was not going to lie. <laughs> I was like, I can't sit there and fuss with him all day. I tried to block him. He still was tripping. He's like, oh, you're running from me. I ain't running from you. I'm trying to do what's best for the group. But anyway. <laughs> Thank you for thank you for thank you for uh doing it. Have a good evening, brother. All right, sounds good. Man.